Blog Talk Radio. Um, in music when you moved or you just went out there on faith? 
to, to see what could happen. Yeah, I did not have any connections, and I'm still building them. Um, I moved here. I had some friends that I knew in Boston, and I had a couple of, you know, social friends that I knew here in New York, but I didn't know anybody on the music scene, and I certainly didn't have any contacts to any venues or anything like that. So once arriving to New York, was one of the first things you did was reach out to record companies? No, actually. The first thing I did was start to reach out to performance venues. I really um, wanted to make sure that I got my feet wet here and I could actually build an audience. I was used to uh, performing a lot in Boston, and so I knew that the best way to sort of generate an audience and generate a buzz was to just start getting myself out there before contacting a record label because I wanted to have something to bring to the table. So, yeah, I started really looking at venues um, in the New York area, and I got a lot of no's before I got some yeses, but it was still really good. And the reason I asked you did you reach out to record labels because I know the music industry is really tough, especially um, with image, because sometimes it seems like they'll pick an artist over their image over their talent. And I just wanted to know. I think that happens often, yeah. Yeah, so as a plus-size singer, um, have you found that, you know, it, it, you have a lack of opportunities or has it not come to that so far? Yeah, I mean, you, you do have less opportunities. I think if you're, if you know, it, it's a tricky one because the music industry itself, I feel like it sort of packages people in these, sort of uniform looks. And so you have people who are smaller, who have like the long hair and, you know, who have, you know, uh, look more marketable. And those are the people who get kind of pushed out first. And I didn't even want to sign to a label that that sort of created that music image. And so on the one hand, yes, it's been harder for me to sort of get uh, known and get myself out there. But on the other hand, I feel like my individuality is what's going to make me the most successful over the long term. So right. It, right. it has been a little bit challenging in the beginning, but I think over the long term it'll be it'll be one of my biggest assets that I don't look like everybody else. So since you don't have a label, you are an independent artist, correct? Yes, I record, I, I distribute, I uh market myself, I do everything by myself. Well, with with a few friends that help me, but yes, I'm an independent artist. So as an independent artist, does that mean you have to fund everything yourself out of pocket? Yes. Yes, it does. (laughs) And sometimes I wonder how we even make it happen, but always at the end it ends up working itself out. So, yes. So I saw um, you had an Indiegogo campaign. You know, since you have to fund everything by yourself, sometimes the cost can be, more more than you have. So tell me yes. about this Indiegogo campaign that you have. Well, you know, I truly believe that the best way for you to get things going, no one gets to the Grammys alone. And every time I look at people like Jill Scott or Anita Baker or Jennifer Hudson or all of those, they always have a team behind them. And I, I really didn't want a label to just come in and tell me how I needed to do stuff and sort of control my art. I felt like, wouldn't it be more awesome to have the people who normally listen to my music, who understand my vision, be a part of the process and help support me? And so I decided to do the Indiegogo campaign because I feel like 
at the end of the day, I'm delivering this music to you, the listener. So who better to, to help, it, help in that process than the actual listener and to help us get started from the beginning all the way through the project, all the way through making the album. So that's why we sort of started to do this Indiegogo campaign because I wanted people to see the process from as we're writing it, as we're recording it, all the way up to the Grammys, you know? Mm-hmm. And how has the fundraising been going? Is it easy or has it been difficult? It's been a little challenging. We are we are doing well. We started out in our first 10 minutes of doing the, the campaign, we got a donation for $1,000. So that was oh. really amazing because um, they, we I have some friends and family who have sort of watched me grow and been a part of this project for a long time and seen me since I first moved from New York. And they sort of stepped in right away and got, gave me my first initial push. But it sort of slowed down a little bit. And so I'm hoping that people will hear the music. And a lot of folks have responded to the single, and they get to see kind of what the potential is, and they'll start to donate more and support more. So we got a good start, but we have a, a long ways to go. Now, even though you're raising money to, uh, you know, your journey to the Grammys, you already have material that's already out, and your first project was Honeywine. Now, tell me about that and and how great that's doing. Honeywine has been amazing. I mean, in our first year, for us to win that, you know, best, uh, Best New Jazz Band Award was really awesome, and it was another album that we sort of, uh, it was myself and an engineer, and I hired uh, some session musicians, and we recorded the music, we engineered it, we mixed and mastered it, I distributed it through CD Baby, and it was completely independent. And so far, people have really responded to it. It got played on some London radio stations and also in New York, um, and it's still on Amazon Top, uh, their Top 100 downloaded MP3s. So I feel like we got really started well uh, with that, and Honeywine was was released in the fall of October 2011. So we've got we've got some big shoes to fill for the next album, but I think we're going to be able to do that, and then um, with everybody's help, of course. And so that was your first album, but now you have a new album that's about to come out, right? Or you just have the first single out? Yes, well, we have a new album that we're working on, and so that's that's the point of the Indiegogo campaign is we have um, we've started we we have all the music written, um, and the reason I'm doing this campaign, if I can, is I really love to hire real musicians. I feel like a lot of the records that you that you hear nowadays are really made in the studio. It's just a producer and a vocalist, and they put they record all electronic music, and they just sort of make a beat, and they just sort of put it out. And there's no, <laughs> yeah, and there's no organic process. You know, when you listen to old Stevie Wonder and Jill Scott, um, uh, when you listen to old Stevie Wonder and, you know, the Isley Brothers and folks like that, you could hear, not only could you hear the record scratch, but you could hear the squeak of the drums, you could hear the keyboard sounds, all that organic uh, process that you don't necessarily hear with albums these days. And so... I really want to get back to that. I want to have a whole bunch of musicians in a room. I want us to do a session over a week, and I want us to just record the album. And I can only do that if I have the money to sort of pay for transportation and pay for travel and food for the band and things like that. So that's how this campaign sort of got started. Mm-hmm. And tell me about your new song, Natural. 
So natural, you know, I, I, I've been talking to people about this. I wrote this song initially as sort of a love song to my curves and my natural hair, you know. Um, I know when you were reading the bio, I did a natural hair show, and they said to me, oh, can you write something about, you know, some sort of anthem that you can perform when you come and do this natural hair expo? And I thought, I don't know anything about writing an anthem. I'm not really a hook girl. You know, I like to write jazz music (laughs) and things like that. But the more I started to think about how I feel as a woman and how I feel about being curvy and, you know, I was never the skinniest girl. I was never, you know, tall and lean. I never had long hair, you know, all those things. that. And I always felt like something wasn't quite right about me. And it wasn't until I got older, and especially since I moved to New York and sort of had to make it on my own and the things that I've accomplished just by sometimes by crazy will and determination, um, I, I, I can now look in the mirror and see myself and be happy with just who I am in my natural state. And several years ago, I actually shaved my head bald. I was bald in 2006. And I realized that I had never seen my face without some hair or some weave or some relaxed something. I'd never even seen what I looked like in my whole entire life. And so as I started, my hair started to grow out. I started growing my locks and stuff like that. I had to fall in love with myself in a whole new way. And so I feel like natural sort of embodies all of that, if you will, in the song. And you made a video for the song, and there's a lot of familiar faces to that would be to my audience that is in your video. Yes, I was. I, when I tell you luck, prayer, and a whole lot of pleases go a long way. These, these women that I worked with, I had admired for a very long time. Jeannie Ferguson, Suzette Banzo, Storm Moreto, who was a, an amazing vocalist. Um, all of these women I had really admired, and I sent out a sort of, hey, will you please be be in my video, Dear Diva letter, in my newsletter uh, um, when we decided to do the video, and I sent it, and I included the lyrics to the song, and I said, hey, ladies, if you would be, if you would, you know, come and visit, I would love for you to be in the video. This is this is what I'm trying to do. I just want to get you in a room and do a mock photo shoot, and let's see what happens. And that's all I had. But these women came, and they showed up so fierce, it took the video to a whole new level. Some of them I, I had known as plus models. Some of them I knew as writers and, you know, businesswomen. Um, Renee Jennings, who I also knew as a model for Blurb back in the day. I met her in 2007. Um, Jay Jarvis, who's also a clothing designer and a plus model and a business owner. All these women I had admired online for a very long time. So, so to see them all in the same room at the same time doing their thing, it was just pure magic for me. And I felt truly honored that each of them came and just wanted to show their face and be a part of this project. It felt like, okay, this is why I wrote the song. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And they just took it to a whole nother level. So I'm truly grateful to them. And it looked like you were having a blast shooting this video. And the song is really nice. You're very, very talented, and you have a beautiful voice. So, I mean, I definitely so love it natural song. And now you mentioned um, you knew some of the women from Plus Size Modeling, so tell me how long have you been pursuing being a plus size uh, model? 
Well, you know, I appreciate that people call me a model, but I got to tell you, most of the time, I'm just a musician who happens to take a nice picture every once in a while. Because um, I'm five, you know, I'm five three and I'm curvy, so I'm not necessarily the the statuesque plus model. Although I do admire those women greatly, but I have been um, blessed. In 2007, I was uh, invited by actually Tiffany um, Tiffany Jones, who uh, now is the editor and the owner of Pose Magazine called me up through MySpace and said, would you come and model for Blur, um, my clothing line? And, and I came, and I was so excited. It was the first time I'd ever done professional modeling before. And all those women that I met in 2007, I've known all the way up until now. And every once in a while, someone will ask me to do a picture or things like that. But I really pursue being a musician more than I do a model, even though I totally okay. respect and, and love the profession. Yeah. So do you have anything coming up we can be on the lookout for, any shows, anything exciting coming up? Yes. Even though I talk about this campaign online and doing fundraising online, I want people to actually come out and hear the music. So June 8th, I'm going to be in New York. Our concert is actually sold out for that one. But June 15th, I'll be in Philly, and June 22nd, I'll be in Boston. And you can find out all the information about that on my Facebook page, um, which is facebook.com slash Music. So all of my performances and stuff like that are online, and I really want people to come out, meet the band, hear the music, talk to me, um, and you can find out what we're trying to do and sort of see why we think you investing in this project is a great idea. Right, and when they see how fabulous you are. And we got to get you out on the <laughs> West Coast to do some performances on uh, in L.A., I would love it. I absolutely, I went and did a show um, in the Bay Area years ago, and I have been trying to get back there ever since. I know Yoshi's is an awesome venue, and any chance I get, you let me know. If you you know an inn or you know somebody, girl, give me a call and let me know. I would love it. I will do it. I will keep an eye out for you. Well, it was a pleasure speaking with you again. I love the natural song. I'm going to post it on the uh Plus Model Radio blog, and just continue success with everything you have going on. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. Goodbye. Bye-bye. And up next on the show is Rachel Kaysinger. She is 30 years old and is the owner and artistic director of Redress, an online modern and vintage clothing store catering exclusively to sizes 1X through 5X. Cleveland native, Kaysinger is a clothing designer and has been making extravagant point dresses and modern couture staples inspired by her passion for vintage style for the last five years. A self-taught designer who gleaned her sewing skills from her grandmother, Rachel comes from a lineage of plus-size women who have altered their own clothing for decades. Her line, Sweet Tooth Couture, has walked the runway in 2009, 2010, and 2011 Indie Plus fashion shows in New York City, as well as in Full Figure Fashion Week, New York City 2011, and the Fashion Plus Couture show in L.A. in 2012. She is known for her quirky and costume-like details, 
as well as her artistic high fashion photo shoots. Let's welcome Rachel to the show. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Shanice. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Well, thanks for being here. I know today is a busy day for you because today is the grand (laughs) opening of the brand new redress, right? That is true. I actually was in the middle of packing orders um, with my employee, Erin, and uh, I had to take a little break to call in. So totally busy, but it's a really good thing. Well, before we talk about redress, I want to learn a little bit about you. So how did you discover the plus-size community and initially get active? Well, I've been plus-size pretty much my whole life, even when I was a little kid. And so when I was younger, it was uh, really hard for me to find clothes, you know, even though we don't have a lot of options nowadays still when, you know, 20 years ago when I wanted to kind of dress. I've always had kind of a quirky sense of style. It was really hard for me to find things I liked. So I ended up learning how to sew so I could make myself things as a teenager. And then um, when I got older, I went to New York City to go to college, and women used to stop me on the street and ask me where I got my clothes. And a lot of times it was vintage that I had thrifted when I, you know, was back in Cleveland with my family and had altered it to fit me. And um, I would have women in New York City literally offer to buy dresses off my back. And so I started thinking, well, you know, I guess I could make some extras and sell them online. And um, back in the day, probably about 10 years ago now, there was a really vibrant community on LiveJournal, which was a website that a lot of people don't use anymore, but it's sort of like a (laughs) blogging site. And there was a community called uh, Fashion, and so it was all plus-size folks who would share their outfits and sell some of their stuff they wanted to get rid of. And so I started selling the dresses that I altered um, in the Fashion community, and it just sort of took off from there. I ended up opening an Etsy store and then got involved with Redress when it was open in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, started doing fashion shows there. The owner, Deb Malkin, had sort of pushed me to really learn how to design. And so I ended up learning how to sew from my grandma, and then I ended up taking pattern-making lessons from a couple different seamstresses here in Cleveland, and it just sort of snowballed from there. So you had your, or you have your own clothing line, Sweet Tooth Couture. Are you going to still be putting out new collections while overseeing redress? I hope to. It's really hard. You know, redress obviously takes a lot of time. Um, it's. I think a lot of people think that we're a really big company, but it's literally just me and one other employee. And, you know, we do everything. We do the photo shoots. We do the styling. I do the photo editing. Um, I man the website, so I'm actually writing the code and posting things on the website. And then we do all the customer service and returns and everything ourselves. And buying, obviously, as well takes up a lot of time. So um, it's probably going to be hard for me to put out a line this year um, because I'm also finishing up grad school at the same time. Um, but I'm hoping that I could maybe do a small sort of capsule collection of coats that we're going to sell exclusively on redress. 
um, and sort of have something out by winter time. But it's it's pretty difficult to be doing both things at once. So hopefully once things are really up and running at Redress and we get our physical location open, I'll be able to design again. But for now, it's just on hold for a little bit. Now, you um, mentioned Deb. Deb Malkin is the original owner of Redress, and she closed the doors to the store um, was it a few years ago? I don't. I forgot. Yeah, it was in 2011. Day. And so you felt there was a void in the plus size market when the the, the store closed, right? Exactly. You know, we we went to um, we closed the store in 2011, and then we went to just online operations at that point, which I was overseeing. And um, just the amount of sort of letters that we got from people saying that they missed the store or they really missed having the experience of being able to walk into a store and have people be really positive and give them great customer service. You know, that I just feel like it's something that we deserve as a community. It's something that is much needed. And I know just I'm back here in Cleveland, and I do a lot of private appointments where I see clientele and I dress them and do an actual fitting on them and help them find things that they really love and enjoy wearing and sort of discover new things and take fashion risks. And there's just not a lot of stores that have employees that sort of facilitate that. You know, you can you can go into Macy's nowadays and you can find some great plus-size stuff, but I'm not sure really how helpful salespeople are or how comfortable the shoppers feel with those salespeople. And so it's really important to me to provide great customer service and, you know, if people have questions to sort of help them out, not only with just buying a garment that they might need for an event, but for their style in general, just so to sort of develop that for their life so they can feel good about what they're wearing. And, you know, I think that style and fashion are really important. They say a lot about who we are as people, and um, I think that plus-size people deserve to be able to reflect that just as much as mainstream-sized folks. So having the store around was just something that I felt like I couldn't do without, and um I, you know, went ahead and did an Indiegogo campaign hoping I could raise some money to buy the store from Dub, and we exceeded our goal. So there is obviously and a need for it. how much did you raise? We raised $27,000 in 21 days. Wow. Yeah, it was and excellent. So you, you got more than enough money than you needed to um, get the website going, or was that for the future store? Well, the money was sort of um, there. It was sort of compartmentalized into different aspects. Um, for me, Redress as an online store has always been great, but we were unable to really provide um, larger sizes. Like we had always gone up to a three X or a twenty four, because it's really hard to do wholesale um, for sizes larger than that. So one of my goals was to find a couple of lines we could carry that went up to a five X. So some of the money was for that. Some of the money was to um, help me find some vendors who could provide more masculine-style clothing because we've always had people asking us for it and a need for it. And even though there are big and tall you know, stores for men, they don't always carry things that are really stylish. And sometimes women want to wear men's clothing as well. And so we just wanted to make sure we could provide a variety of styles for people. So providing those masculine styles, going up to a 5X, those were things that I needed money for. Like I need to travel to L.A. to check out different 
different manufacturers and um it's also for part of that money was for opening an actual physical location which we are going to do later in the year here in Cleveland, Ohio. So that money was going to several different things. Now, why did you relocate um the business from New York to Cleveland, Ohio? Well, what happened was, um, so I had lived in New York, that's where I actually met Deb, um, from 2004 until 2006, and then I came back here um, to to help take care of some family members, and I had actually been located in Cleveland the entire time I was working for Redress, and it's where we warehoused all of our online um, product. So that has actually always been in Cleveland. Ever since we went online, um, the product has been here. I've been doing customer service and fulfillment. Um, So that actually changed quite a while ago. The reason that we're not reopening in Brooklyn uh, right away again is because Brooklyn is just so expensive. Um, I realize there's a really great customer base there. I love people in New York. My sister lives in New York. I have a ton of friends that I made there when I lived there. Um, And there really is such a vibrant plus-size shopping community in New York City. Um, But the storefront space there is just so expensive. Um, We're really going to have to sort of build up our online sales before we can kind of expand outward to the coasts again. So hopefully we'll be able to maybe do some pop-up shops in New York City. That's something that I'm looking into. Um, And we would love to do pop-up shops anywhere around the country. So anybody who's listening, if that's something that you would like to do, definitely get a hold of me. Um, It's just not feasible for us to be able to afford a store in New York right now. And Deb really really spent so much money rehabbing that beautiful store um, on Borum Place. And she put so much blood, sweat, and tears into that space. Um, It's just not something that we have capacity to do at this very moment, but hopefully we will in the future. So for those listening um, that are not familiar with Redress, what kind of items uh, do you sell? Is it mostly vintage or mostly new items? Well, you know, we started out with a mostly vintage vision just because um, it's hard to find plus-size vintage. You really have to pick through it. Um, People just, you know, we have evolved into being bigger people over the last few decades. And so people were smaller in the 50s and 60s, and they also made a lot of their clothes, and they wore their clothes until they wore out. So finding plus-size vintage is difficult, and so that's why we opened on that platform. Um, We still carry quite a bit of plus-size vintage. Um, We actually opened for a sneak peek over the weekend in our online store, and we sold out of almost everything that we had. So I know that there is a want and a desire for it. I know. It it sold out really quick. Um, And so we're going to keep providing that. Um, I truly believe we have the best plus-size selection in the world. Um, I have people contact me all the time to buy wholesale plus-size vintage, and that's also something we do. So that will remain the same. Um, The other items that we have currently are um, we do a lot of dresses. I'm personally someone who wears dresses three or four times a week, and I love dresses. Um, So we have lots of dresses, lots of fun, casual, separates. Um, We have jewelry. We have great purses and bags. And probably our number one best-selling item is taggings. And for those of you who don't know what taggings are, Taggings are, um, they're like leggings, and they come in different lengths, 
and they come in beautiful, bright colors as well as basic neutrals. And taggings are amazing. The The fabric content of them is like elastane and spandex and some sort of polyester, but they are breathable. You can wear them all day, and they don't roll down. They fit great. They're super comfortable. You can wash them anywhere from like 30 to 50 times, and they won't snag. They won't get ruined. They really – I have taggings that I bought three years ago that still have kept their color and shape, and I still wear them. Um, and the major miracle about them is that they fit anywhere from a 1X to 5X. Um, I don't know how they do that. (laughs) It's kind of just amazing. But um, our taggings are definitely our number one selling product. And um, the taggings um, manufacturer, we've worked with them, and they also make um, tank tops and tube tops. And so a lot of people buy them and they'll wear them under clothes or they'll wear them to yoga or to work out. Or if you have like a really short dress or really short skirt and you need like a comfortable legging underneath, they're just perfect for that. Um, so that's, that's definitely one of our highlighted items that people just love. And for the last five months that we were closed, I was getting emails every day just being like, when are taggings coming back? When are taggings coming back? So <laughs> that's something that we definitely provide and we will always have. And then hopefully in the next, like, two months or so, we're going to start carrying um, extended sizes up to 5X. If I can go higher than that with sizes, I would absolutely love to. It's my mission to make sure that we provide sizes in fashionable clothing as high as they will go. Um, We'll start carrying our masculine-style items at the end of the summer in September, and then we're going to have really great, unique, amazing coats this winter. So, those are the typical items that you would come to redress to find. And I know redress was very active in the plus community with fashion shows, workshops, and the big fat flea market. Are you going to be mm-hmm. uh, bringing back some of those elements to the store as well? Absolutely. Um, the bi- we are sponsoring the Big Fat Flea this year. Uh, we we will sponsor them every single year. And for folks who live in New York City, that is your chance to just participate in an amazing event. Um, this year it is June 9th, I believe, on the NYU campus. Um, and you can find the Big Fat Flea on Facebook, and there's a website. And um, the money goes to NOLUS, which is a 501c3 um, charity that I'm actually on the board of. I'll be honest about that. Um, But it's just really great because all the clothing is very reasonably priced. Um, They make a major effort to also carry um, styles, both masculine and feminine and all across the board and extended sizes. And when you live in New York, it's just really hard to find reasonably priced clothing that's fashionable. So that's a great event to go to. So that will still be around. And then Redress is always going to have, as soon as we can open our physical store, we will always have workshops. We will always provide community space. I've been itching to do a fashion show in Cleveland. Um, Cleveland needs more fashion community, so I would be happy to provide that here. And, um, you know, obviously I love Full Figured Fashion Week. I was a part of it in 2011, and hopefully we'll be part of it again, not this year, but hopefully next year. And do you have anything else coming up that we need to know about or be on the lookout for? I think the thing that I've been most excited about is we just did this really great photo shoot. Um, It was actually on Mother's Day, and we rented out this amazing house here in Cleveland. Um, One of my friends, Amy Payne, and her husband, um, Augustus, just have this – 
amazing house that is all decorated in vintage style. And so we did this beautiful pictorial photo shoot of all vintage clothing, um, both masculine and feminine, in this amazing house. And I absolutely cannot wait to release the pictorial. Um, we're kind of talking to a couple different magazines right now that want to release it, and we'll be using some of the images and ads. And I think people are just going to love the images, and I can't wait to show them to everybody. Well, I can't wait to see it and continue success on everything you have going on. And tell us your official website that we can keep up with everything. Our official website is www.redressnyc.com. Um, we are also on Etsy at um, redressvintageshop.com. So you can find us in both places. And um I just really want to say again, anybody, if you are interested in doing pop-up shops, if you have ideas, reach out to us. We're very friendly. We love our community. We want to work together to, you know, bring this fashion to the forefront. Um, so thank you so much, Denise. I really appreciate what you do on a daily basis with this podcast, and I appreciate you for bringing our community together. Well, thank you, and I will definitely be uh, shopping at Redress soon. Great. Can't wait. All right. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. And last but definitely not least is Miss Rosie Mercado. To label Rosie simply as a plus-size Latina model is an understatement. Not only is she a celebrity makeup artist, actress, radio personality, host, and community philanthropist, she is a single mother of three. She is also today's antithesis to models half her size and a role model for plus-size women all over the globe. Rosie spent years overcoming weight struggles before getting her big break in 2009 at the Miss Plus America pageant, winning the runway competition and being crowned Miss Nevada Plus America and being featured on Taboo, National Geographic, and then being on the reality show Curvy Girls on Nouveau TV in 2011. Most recently, with Swag Designs, she has launched her first clothing collection, which will be available online and in selected boutiques. So let's welcome Rosie to the show. Hi, Rosie. Hey, girl, how are you? How How's everything going? Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so excited about everything you have going on. You're always doing big things, so we have a lot to talk about. So, oh my God! You know what? It's it's crazy. It's everything that's going on is just crazy. It's a great moment in my life. I can't complain. But girls, I'm listening over here. Everything that that you're saying about everything that I've done, I'm like, oh my goodness! Me, you know, you and I share so many common interests. We do a lot of the same things. Right, right, and I love it. I think it's awesome. So, well, <laughs> first, let's talk about let's talk about Curvy Girls. Curvy Girls is coming Uh-oh. back for a second. Season now, how exciting Second is that? Season, I am so excited. Season two is coming up June 11th up on Nuvo TV. You got to check it out. Make sure you check out local listings at mynuvotv.com. Of course, with that said, I also have my blog coming up, dear Rosie at mynuvotv.com, where I'm going to be talking about fashion, about 
family, about business, anything that you have questions on, you can contact me via DearRosie at MyNouveauTV.com, which is amazing. I, I'm getting to work a lot more with Nuvo, and it's kind of my way of giving back to, to the fans and connecting and, and just letting them know what's going on. So, I mean, Curvy Girls has been fantastic opportunity. All the girls are happy. We got another girl on the team, and they're going to get to see yeah. a little bit of everything. I think this season is more about getting to know us as individuals, what happens in our daily life, what you know, what you know, what is it that we do? What what do we have to do to get to where we're at? And a little bit more about our personality, our true personality, our true color show in season two. So, has being on the show made opportunities just fall out of the sky for you, left and right, or have you still been hustling to take your career to the next level? You know what, Shanique? I think I think you could you could see that even as opportunities come, absolutely, Curvy Girls has helped me open more doors. But you know, I think with these opportunities, I think it's where you got to bring the hustle to the. You know, you got to you got to hustle. You got to break through. You got to use these opportunities to take it to the next level. Um, it's definitely been right. a great stepping stone. It's been an open door in the right direction. And with that, you know, I'm I'm always a woman that's driven. I don't settle. Okay, I've made it here. All right, what's next? Yeah got to keep pushing forward to the bigger picture and it's about getting a, a, the message out that's really about creating the diversity and letting people know exactly what I do, use this as a vehicle to voice my opinions and open the doors for other women that are talented as well. Yes, exactly. Now, you have a brand new project that has just launched. You have a new collaboration with Swag Designs. Now, pronounce the, the name of your collection because I didn't want to mispronounce it. No worries. It's called Fuerza. Fuerza, Fuerza, Fuerza. Fuerza is the name of my collection for SwagDesigns.com, and it's been something that has been an amazing opportunity because it's something that I, you know, I've grown up with. I've been grown up having the difficulties of, of dressing up um, for a certain type of clothing for my size. You know, growing up, I've always been, you know, I've always been plus, but being a size 32, 34, I didn't have those fashion accessibilities of things that I wanted to wear that were a reflection of my personality and style. So with that said, I had to go buy materials, find a seamstress, create, cut, remake, and do things that were a reflection of who, who I was at that moment. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, it was it was kind of my schooling on 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 designing and my hands-on training. And with that, it's, it's been a wonderful experience because knocking on doors, as you know, Shanice, I mean, I've been, I've been in this industry for a couple of years now, and knocking on the doors as a plus-size model, those doors weren't opening right away. It, it really took a lot. Right. So I went to Swag Designs, and I knocked on their doors once and twice and three times, four times, five times. And, you know, the company wasn't ready to work with me yet. They, they were in the growing process, and they were rebranding everything and changing things up, and they just weren't ready for me. And, you know, thankfully, at Full Figure Fashion Week last year, I was able to connect with Sarah Sephora, marketing director, and kind of, you know, touch base. Hey, you know, I'm ready to go. I really want to model. I want to work with you guys. Let's make this happen. And, you know, as soon as Full Figure Fashion Week was over, I get a phone call. Hey, you know, we got something, we got some some amazing news, but it's even bigger than you thought. We want to bring you in as a guest designer. And when they told me that, I mean, not only model, but guest designer, that was a huge open door for me, something that made me completely happy. And it goes to show that when you're persistent and you work hard and you keep knocking on those doors, same face, things happen at the right time, at the right reason for the you know, and at the right at the right time of life when everything is gonna go uplow and and um, definitely this is this is my season. So how long have you been working on this collection and keeping it a secret? Process. 
it really has with going back and forth and finding designs and recreating and, and, you know, understanding the fits and the body types and, you know, the demographic and what people, you know, what people like and, and what I love and how to combine everything to make everything flow and understand a little bit more about about the concepts of different body types because everything that I was making was for my body type, but there's so many body types out there. So making something that was uniquely beautiful for different body types and up to a size 36, which is wonderful. Yeah, because that's something else I wanted to ask you because you're a pear shape. So will this line fit all shapes besides pear? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That's one of the that was one of the biggest concerns in designing this is making sure that this was going to be something that different body types were going to be able to use and and you know be able to be proud of wearing out day night you know switch it around and it's kind of getting ready to go after you know dressing with strength and fuerza knowing that that when you have that fuerza inside of you just go after it and you go and pursue your dreams and share the talents with the world. So there's a there's a big message behind this collection and for me I hold it close to my heart. It's, you know, it's a capsule collection. It's the start of a beautiful, beautiful journey. And with that, I wanted to make sure that we weren't just creating, you know, a, a collection um, where it was just based to dress, you know, dress beautifully. But with that, it was also going to create an inspiration um, and a drive to share the story because we all have stories and sometimes we, we don't share them. We, we kind of hold back and you never know whose life you're going to impact through doing something uniquely talented and, and sharing your talents with the world. And, and speaking of your story, so with that, Fuerza was created, and that's where we want to inspire women to not only, you know, be a part of Fuerza and, and, and support in, in, in the collection, but also sharing their story and uniting together to push forward. And I follow you on um, all the social networks, and I saw that you just did a photo shoot for Plus Model Magazine. Now, how... I know you are. Now, just... Tell everybody why this is such a big deal to you. Oh, my God. Why is this a big deal to me? Where do I start? Oh, my God. This is a big deal because, I mean, Plus Model Magazine and I go way back. When I first started, um, they were the first ones that gave me my first 18-plus editorial spread, and that was a couple years ago. And ever since then, of course, everybody knows I'm always walking on those doors and I don't give up. And it just wasn't. It wasn't the right time. You know, Kirby Girls came along, and they had the opportunity of, you know, doing, you know, the, the full body project with them. And, and I just, it, you know, some opportunities come along, and it just didn't seem like the right fit at that moment. And then time passes by, and I didn't give up. You know, we we didn't we didn't work together at that time. And, you know, kind of patience, kind of patience. And, you know, when it's God's timing, it's perfect timing. Um, get a phone call from Maddie, and, and, and she tells me, you know what, we're you know we ready. We we think this is this is the time. You have your collection going on, Curvy Girls is going on, and, you know, the, the direction of the magazine, what we're promoting really is is diversity. And um, she goes, you, you've done such amazing things with, with your journey that we want to put you on the cover. When Maddie told me that, I seriously started crying. I started crying when she told me that. I could not believe being a uh-huh. size 22. A size 22 on the cover of Plus Model Magazine, that, that for me was it's huge because coming down not only from a 34 down to 22, not only the weight loss journey, but everything, all the beautiful experiences and hard experiences that I've gone through in making it in this industry and establishing myself as not only a plus size model, but everything else that I do, um, I don't know, it's kind of like, you know what, I've, I've waited for this, I've pushed for this, I've worked for this, I've traveled, I've, I've put in the hours and it's finally come come down and I mean the the biggest message is, you know, we have to represent different sizes and, and the industry needs to change. You know, it's not just about models, it's about entrepreneurs, it's about 
creating business women, women with a voice, women with power to create this to not only create but change this industry. Right, right. And I know you worked very, very, very hard. So I'm proud of you. And I can't wait to see what the cover is going to look like. I know it's going to be beautiful. Thank you. I know I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, the the final results of the pictures. I know I got to work with Inez and, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I'm just, and with Rhea, Rhea was there, she's styling. She was the first one that styled me for the AP Plus editorial, and she's such a sweetheart. I always love working with her. I don't get to work enough with her, but, you know, I got to work with her and just everything, everything. And being in my hometown, it was in Vegas, the vibe, everything. Oh. Was so naughty. Yeah, everything was amazing. So I know you have other things going on, too. Now, I remember you told me that you wanted to or you were in the process of opening a boutique in Las Vegas. Now, is that still in the works, or are you too busy with everything else going on now? You know what, that was that was actually that was actually in the works of creating. Right now I have my website, and I sell... I sell jewelry and, and makeup through the website. Creating the boutique right now with all the traveling, it's kind of a little bit crazy because I'm either in New York, I'm in L.A., I'm in L.A. quite a bit, and then back to Vegas because that's, that's home base. That's where my kids are at. So between all the traveling and all the businesses that I already have, opening a new boutique I think will come, you know, will come at the right time. I think right now it's not the right time. I, I am overwhelmed with work. Thank God I have a lot of work, but – um, that was that was definitely in the works, and that's definitely something that I have a goal goal in the future for the next two years to definitely open up my boutique. And that, that's going to be a goal. It's just not not the right time with everything that's going on. Now, tell me about your makeup line. Is that still going strong? That's still going absolutely. That's I still as as crazy as it is. I have my clients that I still do. Um, my celebrity clients that come into Vegas or are in LA, and I still get to work with them, which is wonderful to be able to do a little bit. Because for me, I need to have the variety. It's not just about plus modeling. It's not just about hosting. You know, it's I have I like the variety of I like going between different businesses and 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 changing it up every day and refre- you know coming from different perspectives. And that's still going strong, thankfully. You know, Bellissima is doing well, and I think the goal for the next five years is where I see it. I see it on QVC, so I definitely. Pushing strong from boutique down to QVC, that's the goal. So what is your ultimate career goal? Do you want to be a top model or is it just beyond that? I think it's beyond that. I think, um, I mean, it's wonderful It's wonderful to be a model, Shanice. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to do, be the modeling. But, you know, modeling goes to a certain point. I think, I think my, you know, I, it goes above. It's, it's about creating a book. It's about inspiring is about educating it's about leaving a message behind leaving that imprint on this world and and really creating that diversity that that i've that i've had to go through go through in order to get to where i am and um i love i think that's where you and i share a lot in comedy a talk show host i love talk shows i'd love to have my own talk show um have my book but i think for me it's also being you know being hispanic being latina being part of my roots i would love to be a powerful latina plus a talk show host Yes, that would be fabulous. Yeah, well, so you that's, can do that's it. kind of the direction that I'm doing. Girl, we're doing it. We're doing it. Just pushing forward. Got to keep keep on this road. God's opening those doors and pushing forward. And for me, also the passion of acting. I love acting, and that's something that I uh, I'm I'm getting more into. The doors are opening with that, and uh, you know, I have a great agency behind me pushing me forward with that, and the doors are opening. So I mean, it's 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 just a matter of time that uh, things are going to start falling into place and 
and really going going after what I love. There's just there's just so much I want to do. I got to create more hours in the day. <laughs> so, what do you have coming up that we can be on the lookout for? I know Curvy Girls is coming up, and what else? Do you have any events or anything mm. else we need to be looking for? Well, I know Hot Curves is coming up, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be walking for Hot Curves, which is amazing. And then oh. I also have yeah, I'm excited about that. I'll be walking for them. And um, I you know Curvy Girls, Curvy Girls this season for me is really you know I really want to invite people to really really not only support but really watch what's going on. It's gonna be fun because I think people have no idea how crazy my life is, and I think they don't really know the kind of person that I am. I mean, you guys got to see the go lucky girl and the girl that makes it happen, but there is a lot of stuff that people don't know behind the scenes. You know, I am a businesswoman, so I do have several businesses that I handle, not just in the in the entertainment industry, but I have other businesses that people will be shocked that I have. They would, they won't even imagine things that I do. And it'll be wonderful to be able to show people, you know, truly who I am as a businesswoman, as a mom, um, in the dating world, how, how you know, why is it that I'm still single? Because I get that a lot. Um, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of things coming up that, that it'll be interesting. So I really want to, you know, ask people to support Curvy Girls and watch it. And other girls have some amazing, you know, things that I didn't even know about them coming up. Um, so it'll it'll be fantastic just to see how, how that plays out at the very end. And, you know, with uh, Fuerza really pushing it forward and really creating that diversity. I love Fuerza because not only for the American community, it's for the Hispanic community as well, and really pushing forward and creating that message that creating uh, an environment where women unite and really push forward and, and uh, leave their imprint as well. So those things are coming up, more acting. Um, that's definitely a plus, a lot of improv, and I think the biggest thing is just enjoying, enjoying life and just attracting those opportunities into my life. So definitely you will be seeing more of me around this year. Well, I am so excited for all of the blessings that are coming your way. Keep up the good work. You deserve everything good that is coming to you. And let everybody know your website and how to keep up with everything you have going on. Well, I would love to invite everybody to check me out. You want to find out more about me at rosiemercado.com. Follow me on Twitter. Add me on Facebook at Rosie Mercado. And you can also check out my website, shoprosimercado.com. All right, Rosie. Well, then keep in touch and let me know whenever the next project launches. That sounds good. And don't forget, check out Plus Model Magazine because I made the cover for the next month. <laughs> yes, that'll be like in a week, huh? June is coming up I soon. I know. Girl, I'm counting the days just to blast that. I'm so, I cannot wait just to blast that. That's that's. Now, that's that's something memorable. I'm never going to forget that. That's a wonderful moment that I get to experience. Well, congrats again, girl. Keep up the good work. All right. You too, Shanice. Hugs, and and, uh, you keep going, too. Thank you. I'll talk to you you. later. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And thank you to all of my fabulous guests this evening. Tune in next week, and we'll have more plus industry professionals with stories to not only inspire you, but to keep you connected with the Curvy community. If you're interested in advertising on our show and being a guest, visit the website at plusmodelradio.com. And if you haven't already, don't forget to join our fan page on Facebook at facebook.com slash plusmodelradio. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time. Keep driving in your curves and be blessed.